If you want it, you can have it. But you gotta learn to reach out there and grab it. Hello and welcome to We Are Weezer, episode 53, Across the Sea. And today I am joined by special guest, Alex Hodowanik. There we go. Now I got it. I'll forget next time, but that's okay. Uh, You're not the first. (laughs) (laughs) How are you today, Alex? I'm great. How are you? Thank you for coming on the show. I'm doing good. I, I had fun on the last one and I think today is going to be extra special because it's a great song. Before we get going, let me tell everybody about We Are Weezer. The podcast is obviously about Weezer and I'm your host, Rachel, and we have two kinds of episodes. We have a song review episode like today where my guest host and I will scour the internet for fun facts and details on your favorite Weezer songs and we'll review it and we'll rate it using our special rating system, which uh, Alex got to see today. And we also have perfect situations where I'll interview someone like last week, or we'll tell Weezer stories, or we'll talk about a Weezer landmark. Could be anything. It's whatever I feel like doing, actually. Before we start song discussion, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Alex? Sure. So I'm a artist, musician, human being, I guess, uh, who, I mean, I guess if you would know of my work, you'd probably know of my mashup album, Weezer, which was a uh, mashup of Weezer and Kanye West, uh, which came out a few years ago. And yeah, I, I obviously love Weezer and I love talking about it. So hence why I am on this podcast. <laughs> well, so we talked about it last episode, but Brian from the Great Albums podcast... He came on, what are we, we talked about a different song, but he wanted to talk about Yeezer and your mashup album. He was all about it. I had never heard of it. So we listened, we talked, we discussed, and lo and behold, months later, you know, I wasn't expecting to hear from you. I get an email from Alex saying, hey, thanks for talking about me. Uh, th- thanks for being nice. That was cool. And and I was like, oh my God, yes, come on the show. Because I, I just, I think I get to talk to all these interesting people and I'm a big Kanye fan. So I was like, cool, we used to talk about a little bit about Kanye and Weezer, all of my favorite things all rolled up into one. So for sure, go check out Alex's mashup Yeezer album, if you like that kind of thing, which who doesn't, honestly? <laughs> well, some people, yeah, probably. Yeah, there, there, there's <laughs> been some interesting reactions, I guess I'll just say. <laughs> but <laughs> what, like, what if people said, like, what is honestly, what's the worst besides, uh, like, I hate it? Could somebody say there? Someone wrote an article about it. And it was pretty, uh, uh, I can't think of the word. It was, I mean, I guess it was pretty critical, just putting it lightly. They were, I can't tell if they didn't like it because 
I went to Ohio State, which sounds weird, but I honestly think that might have been it. I think they went to Michigan, which if you are unaware, Michigan, Ohio State have like a infamous football rivalry. And this article was just talking about like how terrible the album was, how terrible an idea was. And at one point they <laughs> I'm pretty sure they like made a death threat towards me. It was weird. It was wow. yeah, it was weird having such a strong reaction, but I don't know. I guess that's kind of a good thing too. If you feel something, I, even if it's negative, I mean, at least, at least you felt something. <laughs> but maybe not. Hey. Yeah. yeah, I don't. But I don't think those people should, especially if they had done their homework, which apparently they did. They would know it was for fun. Yeah. And to be so critical about something that's for that's fun to someone is silly and weird. Oh, Rach, I didn't especially even, if they're going to go that far. Rach, I didn't even tell you that uh, it's probably a good thing you didn't hear about this until this user thing until way later. There was I I think the most like continuous criticism I got was I I did a interview with K Rock about it, and I. I made the mistake of saying that Beverly Hills was Weezer's most iconic song. Um, <laughs> I wasn't really thinking about it. I just, at the time, oh. <laughs> at, at, at the time, I just like, to me, that just, it was just what I thought. I wasn't like considering the full scope of it. Like, of course, like Buddy Holly, Sweater Song, you say it ain't. So I just like, at the time, I was just like, Beverly Hills is like a famous Weezer song. It, I was on the album. I just thought I'd say it. For every reason of all the things that like they quoted in that interview, that was what they quoted, and all of the comments were really negative, and they were all saying how how dumb I was for saying that uh, to the <laughs> point where I had like email the interviewer and be like, "Is this like supposed to happen? Is everyone supposed to be really mean?" Uh, and then he said, "Yeah, it's it's usually what happens when you when you do these kind of things. So don't worry about it." But yeah, that was uh, I think that was. The probably most continuous negative comment I got was people yelling at me about saying that Beverly Hills was Weezer's most iconic song. So, <laughs> so I'm here to atone that and say that I don't think that's true. I just goofed up. Well, truth be told, I mean, Beverly Hills did get Weezer a lot of recognition back in the day when it came out. I think that's what I meant, honest. I think I just meant that like for a generation that, that kind of like revitalize their career but I, I i think saying iconic kind of made it sound like is their like magnum opus or like their like right their best song which obviously is like how dare you yeah. i mean you can't say that yeah that song is not iconic yeah. I, I, I think the, it was a big one though for sure i, I think the narrative of it too is that like their highest charting song i don't know i i shouldn't that at some point i do recall it being discussed and saying like somewhere saying that it was the one that was the most popular and like made them the most money like it uh i think it's been played i don't know i feel like it it's something yeah it's definitely up there for them it's if nothing else like they would not be where they are today without beverly hills for sure yeah um and I, i think at least just like the narrative of it was that like we were saying in the last episode was, you know, you have like this guy who's taking Kanye music, who's already kind of like a polarizing character and putting on Weezer. I think the last thing you want to hear is also this guy 
at least sounds like he thinks Beverly Hills is their best song. So I can kind of understand the outrage, but yeah, that's that. Yeah, I would just say that I disagreed with you. Yeah. <laughs> I do read quite a few articles where people write things and you're just like, what do you do? Like, what are you saying? Yeah. And, but I also, but for me, like those people, they're writing an article. Yeah. Like they are taking time. They can do versions of things. They can read it. They can have other people read it. They have a chance to like, view it from both sides. To me, when I'm doing, when you're doing like a live interview with somebody, it is especially probably like a, a thing like K-Rock where it's like, they're not going to give the context. They're not going to read the whole thing. Yeah. They're going to do quotes. They're going to pull what they agree with or what they don't agree with. Yeah. And they probably saw that you said that and thought that was hilarious yeah. because they probably have a lot of knowledge about Weezer yeah. themselves over there. Oh, for sure. And they're like, this guy. Feed them to the wolves. <laughs> do what maybe. you will, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Depending, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how that all went down. But I can understand being nervous and just having things come out of my mouth. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, I, I, I guarantee you that uh, when I listen back to last episode and this episode, I'm sure there'll be something I said. It's like, I don't even know if I agree with what I just said. <laughs> or like, oh, my beans already changed with that. I'm not sure if I love that being set in stone like that. And I, I think at least with the, the K-Rock interview too, just it became like the de facto, like the the article that kept getting regurgitated on other websites too. So they're just... <laughs> yeah, because they just, qu- they take it and mm-hmm. copy and paste it onto theirs. Yeah. So that became like the, the constant, like if there was one thing that was quoted in that interview was, it was always that Beverly Hills is the most iconic Weezer song. And then, you know, uh, that was just, and then it was just like 19 year old Alex Olawonik from Ohio State University thinks Beverly Hills is the best Weezer song of all time. And he is also not very smart. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think in that same interview, I was talking about how I liked like Red Album, like deep cuts and stuff, but whatever. Beverly Hills, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to make a t shirt for you that says Beverly Hills is the most iconic <laughs> Weezer song. And then I want you to wear it to the next. I would love concert. that. I would love that. I would, <laughs> I would wear that all the time. <laughs> and um, and we'll laugh, and it'll be great <laughs> about the people that like take it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so, tell me about your K Rock uh, interview. How did that happen? Like, did you reach out to them? Did they bug you? Or they reached out first. They uh, that was the that was kind of like the first moment where it was like, oh, this is an actual thing. Like, this album is getting big. I first posted the user album to the Weezer subreddit and then it was like doing traction. And then I don't know what the, like from like point A to point B, I'm not sure what happened in between there, but just suddenly there was like tons of attention. And then I just got a uh, interview or I got an email from a guy from K rock lightning who I, I still follow on Instagram. I think he still follows me back. I'm not sure, but he uh, was like, Hey, we liked your thing. We just like to, talk to you for a little bit and this is all within like 24 hours of like you know posting this and i was just like oh my god what is what is happening uh, <laughs> i'm famous yeah I'm fa- i finally did it uh, uh <laughs> i'm moving to los angeles mom oh uh, <laughs> that might have happened that conversation might have taken place for a second uh <laughs> because lightning the uh the dj he also owns this company in 
Long Beach, uh, like an apparel thing, uh, like a clothing company. And he was like researching me. So I did art too. So he wanted me to do like t-shirt designs for it. So I I did do a few. uh, I think there's like a Sublime t-shirt. There's like a Queen Mary, I think is the ship's name. Sure, I uh-huh. did. I don't know if you can still buy those. I'm not sure. I I, I don't know. But either way, I was like, yeah, I'm making those industry connections. Like I'm in LA. <laughs> like see a see a Columbus. It's, it's time <laughs> to become an LA child. But obviously, that that did not happen. It's probably a good thing it didn't happen like that. But yeah, I, I just remember after that interview, I I. I didn't know who to tell because I was just like in my dorm room at the time. My roommate was out. I was just walking into the next room. Like, I, I don't know what's happening right now, but I just, I need to, I need to speak to somebody about the, the surreal past. I'm kind 20, of freaking out. Yeah, the surreal past 24 hours of my life. So, yeah. Do you have, I wonder if it's like on the podcast. Cause I know they've been podcasting, Kevin and Bean for a long time. I wonder if Lightning's shows are posted in a like way that you can re-listen to oh, it. Oh wow, I never even thought about that. I just read the print article. I didn't even think that it could be actual. We should ask Lightning. Should. Didn't did he record it? Yeah, it was a phone interview. I don't yeah, I'm not sure if there's a recording of that. That's that's interesting. I never even considered that. I would love to hear it. Like you, you probably sound different and everything. Oh, uh, I, I hate listening to myself played back. I, <laughs> I also there was some TV station called Revolt TV Revolt, which I, I guess is like a under ownership of P Diddy. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how you know you made the, uh, the big times. Uh, the P Diddy uh, owned Revolt. Like did a interview like a video interview with me and i i refuse to watch that i just don't know if i could could stand i want to watch it right now it i (laughs) i think if you type in my name on google i think that's one of the first results like revolt maybe yeah or i think just like on google images there's like this image of me like on like a giant tv screen yeah there's this image of me like a giant tv screen talking to some guy which is a uh a screenshot of that video interview, which I've never seen. And honestly, I'm too, too thin. Cause I just remember that interview. I kept like accidentally cutting the guy off. And I was just like, I don't know if I can, <laughs> can stand the, to listen to that cringe. So I, Oh, you look so little. Yeah. That was 19 year old Alex. Oh my God. That is the cutest thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. I love your hair. Oh yeah, that was the. Uh, well, now emo you days. can watch it because it's been long enough. Uh, <laughs> and I think you're 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 thinking I'm a lot braver than I am. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's it's weird. It was like I feel like I I mean this is not like a new sentiment or anything, obviously, but like getting that like weird like burst of fame was really like embarrassing too kind of it was just like you're constantly being like talked about and constantly being like exposed to things you don't really get to like i don't know you don't like people just kind of make their own opinions about things so it was weird to like just know that there's like videos of you out there and people are just like forming their own opinions you know it's kind of like i don't know hard to do yeah yeah so that's why i i strongly encourage people not to write mean mean things about our podcast (laughs) it's like don't say anything if 
like just don't say anything if it's going to be mean because I can't like I don't yeah, I don't, don't think either. I can handle it have you got <laughs> have you gotten mean things before I, I couldn't imagine why you would but have you no no <laughs> but I could see I mean everyone gets mean things yeah I could totally see like oh who's this valley girl like talking <laughs> about Weezer like they're so stupid with their geography and they're talking about Brian and blah blah and like I could I could I think I might be my own worst enemy too but oh, yeah, sure. at the same time I'm like I'm having fun I'm doing whatever I want and that's it yeah. so like if they're gonna like talk crap about that then <laughs> it says more about them than it says about you yeah that's how I feel about the people talking crap about, about you having fun with your uh, easy, yeah. easier. You know, yeah. it's like you're just—it's just fun. Like, why not? Yeah, it really is do just what a goof. <laughs> makes you happy for sure. So, longtime Weezer fan. I guess I don't know how would it's you been say. Years. Yeah, it has been. It has been years. I I feel like I'm still not. I feel like I'm a youngin Weezer fan, but I don't know. Maybe. But you got obsessed with them, and you know a lot about them. Yeah, that's true. So. <laughs> That's more than just like casual listening. Yeah. You made a mashup <laughs> album, for goodness sakes. That's true. Like, it's true. So, I mean, I would say you've been a longtime Weezer fan and a hardcore Weezer fan for some time now. For If you want to hear more about Alex and all of his artwork and and Kanye and Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad. <laughs> we went on a whole thing about that. There's no Game of Thrones though, so you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> clear uh, unless there's yeah, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, why don't we take a break and and talk about some across the sea? Okay, let's take a break. All right. Today we will be talking about Across the Sea. It's on the album Pinkerton. It's track number five, right in the middle. It was released September 24th, 1996. Recorded in the spring of 96 at Sound City Studios in Van Nuys. It's four minutes and 32 seconds long. It's quite long for a Weezer song. The label is Geffen. It's released. It also live debuted on September 24th, 96. It's number 214 in the Rivers Cuomo song chronology. And why don't you tell us about the personnel, Alex? Sure thing. Uh, so it was written by Rivers Cuomo. It's produced by Weezer. Rivers Cuomo played lead guitar, lead vocals, and the piano on that one. Pat was on the drums. Patrick Wilson was playing percussion, obviously. Uh, Brian Bell was playing rhythm guitar, and he was doing the backing vocals. And then Matt Sharp was doing bass guitar and the backing vocals as well. And you can hear a lot of those backing vocals throughout the song. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I think that they they definitely add to it. And Pat's drumming is freaking off. Like he's definitely jamming. Oh yeah. Those drums on this song, which is cool. So this song appears on regular Pinkerton, Pinkerton Deluxe, Come On and Kick Me by the String Quartet Tribute to Weezer, Only in Dreams, classical music inspired by Weezer. And I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but I have a a Rockabye Baby (laughs) Weezer CD that I I think it's on. What other song? Sure what other songs are on the Rockabye Baby Weezer, Weezer album? Uh, I know that Buddy Holly is on there. I would assume. <laughs> I assume it's not very heavy in the Pinkerton category. Is that is that correct to say? Well, now I want to know. I just I don't remember. <laughs> it's been a long time since I because my son is like older now. Rockabye Baby. So I just can't like imagine like Tired of Sex being on the uh on the Rocket no, no, Bike. No, tired of Sex. <laughs> Come on now. Yes. Yeah, there's definitely some songs that lend themselves more to the the Rockabye versions. And there others. it is, number two, Tired of Sex on Rockabye Baby. Oh, awesome. I'm, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Awesome. Um, <laughs> wouldn't that be funny? That would be weird. That'd be like, weird. Playing that song for your baby. That'd be really weird. <laughs> Because it's like, ding, ding. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I love to see how they like. It's int- very lullaby. Yeah, I'd love to see how they interpret the like feedback guitars at the beginning with just the little bells. <laughs> I distinctly remember but- Buddy Holly. Um, they have Beverly Hills for you. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Island in the Sun. Uh, Suzanne, they're getting deep. Oh, wow. And um, The Good Life, Only in Dreams. Yeah, I think I played it a couple times. I should break it out for sure. Was this was that made like recently, or was that like during like the late nineties? Rockabye Baby is, I think it's new. So this one was came out in two thousand eleven. Oh, okay. And it is featured. It's track number five on on there as well. Um, <laughs> the very intentional sequencing on the Rockabye Baby I, Weezer. I, album. I bet you it was. I appreciate I'm not. That. I don't know. But so I got into it because I was actually buying. Because I'm a cool mom, <laughs> so I was buying like Bob Marley Rockabye Baby, and I I was looking for something else too, just not, like not your standard songs yeah for to play my son because i wanted to like get him on weezer early apparently and uh good music and saw that they had a weezer one and i was like oh i have to have this so it's just like that quartet it's like Mm -hmm. we just pick popular bands and make it into baby songs or (laughs) lullabies or they basically just it's instrumental but with like the xylophone yeah no i mean like it's a really cool idea i've i've heard a couple of them before i think they always Honestly, they sound pretty, pretty soothing. I would, I'm not a baby, but I would listen to it regardless. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely something I should put on at work and see if anybody recognizes it. It's kind of like elevator-ish. I know there's a Pink Floyd one. I don't know. That would be interesting. Yeah, there's, I think there's a Kanye one. (laughs) I I would also like to hear that one. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of music I got to check out now. stuff. People like to make fun of Kanye, so and re and recreate his stuff, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah, I've heard some people 
do some weird things with Kanye music. Heard one guy put on top of Weezer songs, kind of weird. <laughs> totally weird, yeah. and no one liked it. Yeah, and he thought Beverly Hills was a good song, so that was the most iconic <laughs> song. Whatever well, happened is, to that guy? It? <laughs> <laughs> it is also featured on Not Alone, Rivers Cuomo and Friends, Live at Fingerprints, if I didn't say that already. Maybe I did. Uh, which is, have you, I guess it's on the live video. Have you ever seen that on YouTube? No. The, the Not Alone Fingerprints show? No, what is that? So I don't know if it was during Everything Will Be All Right in the End or before. Maybe it was Red Album-ish. They went on this tour where they told people to meet them places and musicians, and they would let you play music with Weezer wherever they were. Oh, okay. So Rivers, I guess he was at this place called Fingerprints, and I feel like it was in Northern America. I feel like it's up there. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where it is. But they made a video. But there's a, a bunch of them on. Um, they called them like Hoot Nannies, and there's a bunch of them on YouTube, and they're fun to watch because people are funny. Yeah. And weird around <laughs> well, rock stars, I guess. Yeah. I won't say anything. I've done a lot of really weird things <laughs> around Weezer specifically. So like this podcast. <laughs> so I won't talk crap, but there was somebody with a tambourine having a lot of fun. And and I just kept going like, this is that gal with the tambourine just having way too much fun. I don't know. So wait, is it... So it's River's... Not the rest of the guys. It's just Rivers playing. This specific one is just Rivers. Yeah. Okay. And then, and some people, okay. some fans. And they like fill in for... Play. Okay. It's no, there is like more. It's like way more than just a band amount. It's like 25 people. Wow. Or 30 okay. people. Yeah. That's wild. I, Jamming. I, it's like a big I've, jam sesh. I've never heard of this before. This is, I'm going to have to check this out. And do they play like exclusively Weezer songs or does, uh, does Rivers mix yes. up and play covers sometimes or? No covers on, well, don't quote me, but I, I don't think it was covers. Okay. I think everybody was just like really excited to play with him, music with him. Oh, I mean, I would be obviously. Yeah. No matter what it is. Even the tambourine. Even the tambourine. It was just funny because I'm like, the tambourine, huh? (laughs) Well, whatever gets you in, right? Exactly. Because you had to play an instrument. So I'd be like, I've got my kazoo. (laughs) Exactly. If the option was playing with Rivers Cuomo or not playing with Rivers Cuomo, suddenly now I'm in like an incredible triangle player, right? Like, whatever you can can say to, to get into that group, I would be saying... Exactly. I would just like borrow a guitar yeah. <laughs> and be like, I am an amazing guitar player. And I would like, how do you, what do you call it when you were lip syncing the guitar? <laughs> like, just like miming just along. To yeah. Play. yeah. Just strumming along, not doing anything. <laughs> That's what I would do. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so 
<laughs> so according to Weezerpedia, and you can tell me if you agree or not, Across the Sea is one of the most emotionally charged songs that Weezer has ever had. And Rivers wrote the song while he was at Harvard. And I guess, which I had never noticed before, this is a fun fact, that in the beginning, there's a piano playing, you can hear a door open and Pat laughing all in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the, the theme of Pinkerton is that there's these studio banter sound effects just kind of caught in the taping. So it's always, it's always interesting to hear the, the little, I guess the quirky parts of the, the songs that get picked up from just like recording the studio. Yeah. Like the gargling or the, Matt Sharp just saying El Scorcho in the background of the... Uh, yes, I was going to say yeah. I Cabron, yeah. but that's not it. Yeah, and then and like... What else? What other weird sounds are there? Well, there's a lot of piano intros. The uh, In Falling For You, the only thing they have that they like pick up... I, I forget why, but they don't they pick up like some like radio, Japanese radio broadcast that's including yes. the song? Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a lot of weird just kind of... I mean, raw, I guess the whole idea is just for it to sound very raw and very in the moment, which obviously it accomplishes. I've never noticed Pat laughing before in the beginning, though, so I'll have to, like, extra listen next time. I haven't either, honestly. I, I've heard the door. I can hear like, kind of something like that, but I'll have to check again for the laughing. Yeah, we'll have to insert it right here into the podcast. And also, according to Weezerpedia, the song's guitar solo has a relatively complex chord progression. And I'm not sure, like, how or why you would, you know, call a, a guitar solo complex. Yeah. Relatively complex. It, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what that means. Go. Yeah. Like, is that, I'm not even sure what relatively complex means. Is it? Yeah. Kind of. I guess, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting, <laughs> interesting bit that the Weezerpedia people have included. I compared to just an average guitar solo, a a regular complex <laughs> yeah. or a, a non-complex. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I think that's one of the strengths of Weezer is the songs are deceptively complex. I think there's a lot of like weird chord progressions that people don't really acknowledge that Weezer songs have. So. I wonder if, um, like speaking of complexities in, so like when Rivers' voice is complex and when he's like uh, letting it out, it feels like, or, mm -hmm. you know, getting the emotion of the song out, I wonder if that's planned or if it just comes out that way. It's hard to say. I, I mean, you have to think they probably did like so many takes of these songs, right? And at a certain point, like you have it rehearsed so well that you wouldn't, be like making those raw mistakes but i don't know i mean especially in the case of pinkerton i could see it either way i could see it just being like first takes the realest take that's the most emotional one just include it i don't know i i feel like rivers as a vocalist too does not get nearly as much credit as i think he deserves 
How so? I mean, I think he gets a lot of, I think he gets a lot of credit for that. <clears throat> I think that, I, don't know, I think that just like Weezer, a lot of people associate with like the guitar riffs and they associate with the, the instrumental side of it. But I think that a lot of those songs are sold because of Rivers like voice. I think it's, I don't think, I don't think it's the most unique vo- like voice in music, but I think that it carries like the tune in a way that only like a Weezer song can and i think when you hear just like the way he sings songs it's very obviously like it's weezer i think it's just like a i'm not gonna say iconic but it's it's a very (laughs) uh, i think there's a very like notable kind of voice to rivers i at least in my opinion i think the most uh successful or the most like uh or the best even uh front men or vocalists are the ones who have like recognizable or defining voice so i don't know i just don't feel yeah. like i feel like weezer is a lot more known for being a guitar band than being a vocal band i don't know maybe i could just be completely off base with that just well and i also think that they're known for just being like poppy mm-hmm. when yes that's true but you can also like there's also a lot of depth and history in there yeah and there's more to it but it could you could just look at the outside and say yeah they're poppy. Yeah. I mean, Across the Sea, I think, is kind of the, the statement of that they're not just a poppy band. And I think it's such a statement that this song is as, like, relatively complex as it is, but it's still, like, <laughs> very catchy and very uh, listenable. And, like, you know, it's not, I don't think, jarring to listen to, at least, like, instrumentally, you know. Not- right and how it can be soft and rocking at the same time yeah. like gentle and creepy and awesome yeah for sure well tell us about like how this came about what what is the song about what was going on with rivers at the time okay yeah uh so rivers wrote this song across the sea after he received a fan letter from japan a young girl wrote to him asking several questions about his everyday life during uh, his the winter he spent at Harvard University in 1995. And Rivers said when he got the letter, he fell in love with her, and it was such a great letter. He was very lonely at the time, but at the same time, he was very depressed and that he because he thought he would never meet her. And even if he did see her, she was probably just some 14-year-old girl who didn't even speak English. So very... Uh, very interesting uh, backstory behind a, a song from a famous rock star, I would say. Very yeah, characteristically Weezer. Well, and then people have obviously asked him about it a lot. And he said that he doesn't know anything about her and he's never actually contacted her. Probably because he doesn't want to get in trouble because <laughs> she was young. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that's probably one of the reasons. I do you think she knows that this song is about her? I I can't imagine that she's the only 14-year-old oh, Japanese Oh, I'm sure he girl. got 5,000 million yeah. letters from Japan asking his favorite color and his birthday. <laughs> That's true. Right? Like, yeah. that is such a 14-year-old girl thing to do. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's and true. I want her to know that it's hers, mm-hmm. like, now that she's 18 or whatever. So that she can be like, yeah, that's my letter that <laughs> he's talking about. So she can have that cred. Yeah. Do you th- so what? Uh, I was going to say, do you think she would like the song? Do you think like without, I don't want to jump ahead too oh, much, yeah. but like, 
I don't know, would you be flattered? <laughs> some of the questions, some of the statements in this song, I don't know. I feel like I'd be a little bit, a little bit taken aback by if someone aired this out into a song. Uh, no, I think I'd be all about it. Yeah. I think that it is just, I don't know. And I, I'm pretty sure that even when I first heard this album and maybe it wasn't like, you know, all the way there yet that I kind of fell in love with the song because it's not necessarily like about like, it's not like about being creepy or sexy. It's, you can hear like the pain and the loneliness and like, he says like, I just want a hand in mind to feel or hold or whatever he says. For Um, sure. And you can like feel that in his voice. And so you just want to like uh, hug him, I think. Yeah. And I mean, in the in the song, I, I think the song is so much more than just like the letter. I think the letter is kind of like a jumping off point. It's more about, in ways, about how Rivers is feeling about his life. You know, I think it says just as much about him as it does about the the girl who wrote him. You know. Yeah, I wonder if he still thinks this way that it's lonely or if, you know, he's been able to make friends and open up and, you know, meet fans and have a connection with people. Yeah. I mean, I, some of the, like Rivers interviews from when they first started out, I feel like you can tell that the Rivers now is not the same Rivers back then. He seemed a lot more like introverted shy a little bit more like to himself there's that one i I can't even tell if they're doing a bit because it seems so like weird there's have you ever seen that one interview where it's like matt and rivers and they're it's like some like mtv countdown or something and the entire time like matt has to talk for rivers because he just doesn't know what to say or how to communicate with the host it's really (laughs) i don't know it's very weird is he being a dick or is no? Like, is, he just like he just it's like weirdly silent. He just like it's I, and that's why I can't tell if it's like a joke if him and like Matt are just like goofing around and like yeah, like you're saying being a dick or if he's actually just like nervous. I I don't I don't know. It's hard to read a river sometimes. It's really hard to read him. Yeah, but from what I hear from Carl, he is a nice dude, and it really is probably awkwardness yeah i think that there were moments back then where they were dicks but i don't see like unless it was blatant that it would be like on purpose for sure no yeah for sure because it would be weird even though you dream about something it's still really weird when it happens like even for you you know you probably were just like having fun and like i'm gonna put this out there for people and then to get recognized for it, it's still weird, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that, that nobody really, like, <laughs> cares about Weezer podcasts, so. Well, I mean, I do. I, I I I think that this is a, a podcast that deserves the accolade and fame that one day it will get. One day. One day. One day I'll, Rivers will be on here <laughs> and I'll ask him to his face about the girl and, you know, all those questions that nobody wants to ask <laughs> in regular interviews. Like I would ask everything. 
<laughs> what's the number one question you'd ask Rivers if he was on the podcast? Gosh. I would I would ask him, you know, what his like on a scale of one to ten, you know, where's the OCD really? Mm. And is he still nervous around people or is it now a thing? Yeah. I, I, and like I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. I I mean he's a married man now. He has kids. I I feel like maybe that probably smoothed out the surfaces a little bit, right? It's probably a little bit. He's it's probably a little Normal-ish. less. Yeah, a little bit probably. A little bit less, maybe. And definitely more comfortable. Yeah. In general. But people are so weird, you know? It's like when he was doing Periscope, I loved watching his Periscopes. I don't know if you watched them, but if you haven't, go check them out. And He's just like putting the camera on him wherever. I think one time he was in a car and he's playing music. And even if you look at their Instagram, it's like Mm -hmm. weird, (laughs) weird things that people say. Yeah. It's like half the time you don't even want to like pay attention because like (laughs) people are so fucking stupid. And the other half, they're like, what are you going to say? I love you, you know? Yeah. So I get it. But I would definitely like get in there and ask, you know, how many spreadsheets are we talking <laughs> every day? And like, do you have one for everything? How do you name them? How many, where are we at on the Rivers Cuomo song chronology? Where do you guys see yourself in 10 years? Are you, why don't you play? Like, he went on all these little like mini tour by himself. Mm-hmm. Like, why doesn't Weezer do that? Like get the goat punishment together again. Like let's do a mini. I don't know. Please pay, play Pacific daydream. <laughs> Please play more white album. Yeah. There's... Get Matt and Jason back into the, uh, like bring them in for one, one song or one whatever. Song. Yeah. What song would you Let want? Him... What song would you want Matt to play if they did reunite? Oh God. Either well, I guess El Scorcho. Just for um, that iconic intro. Yeah. Yeah. Or only in dreams because. Yeah, that's a good that, choice. I mean, his base, his base, and that is just the fucking shit. Yeah. Like it's the best. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think only in dreams is probably the. That'd be my choice. That's. That's Matt's shining moment, I think. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if he wrote it, but he's certainly. I mean, he brings brought it flair to, to a it, level, yeah. yeah, for sure, and everything that they did together. But yeah, I think that would be cool. Where were we? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so speaking of speaking of Pinkerton Deluxe, and you were kind of saying that that was kind of what brought Weezer back into your life. Mm-hmm. That was released on November 2nd, 2010. So is that when you kind of got into Weezer? Uh, yeah, I'd say that was kind of when I I learned that Weezer was around. For, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it wasn't just this like random band that you'd occasionally see that there was this like importance to them and there's this legacy to them. And so that I think that was what really drew me to want to, you know, check them out. I guess... According to Wikipedia, the reissue debuted at number six on the Billboard catalog albums 
and achieved a perfect score on the aggregate review website Metacritic. That's awesome. So, I mean, I think it achieved a perfect score on on here too. So, have you heard of the Pinkerton Diaries? Uh, I've heard demos from it. I, be honest with you, I've not listened to the full thing, like track after track after track. But I've heard like the uh, I've heard songs from it. So Rivers has a book that you could buy that is no longer available. And I think there was like a hundred of them or 200 of them made. And it's all of his notes, his lyrics, doodles, journal entries from when he was in Harvard and basically telling the story of that part of his life. And it was pretty dark and depressing. So I think it's important to know like where his head was at during the song. And, and I don't, um, so I know there's a lot of like controversy because I was kind of going to go to the, to the lyrics and the feeling of it now. Do you have any favorite lyrics on the song? I think, I'm going to think, I like the entire verse about or i guess the uh the line uh they don't make stationery like this where i'm from so fragile so refined so i sniff and i lick your envelope and follow little pieces every time what a like a specific thing to focus on you know and you can kind of just tell like that's his headspace is he's not just even focusing on the letter he's focusing on (laughs) the actual like physical letter i to me that's like such a statement of what makes this song so special it's just how specific but i think universal it is yeah he definitely tells a story he brings you wherever he is and the way that he says it like when he's sing- when he's singing that part he's like a sniff <laughs> and a lick and you're like i am with you what are we doing because yes, i'm with you exactly um and and that and it's starting to build up at that point in in the song too, and you could tell like he's like looking like daydreaming. Yeah, he's looking at the envelope, and it's like, oh, somebody likes me, and he's like, oh, I wonder what she was wearing, and you know, just like what everybody thinks about whenever they think about anybody else. Yeah, exactly. I I, I love how it's not like I think there's a way to write this song that's like so much more sugar-coated and so much more like, I don't know, I guess, uh, consumer friendly. They like to focus on, I don't know. I think they like to focus on the creep factor instead of like uh, how it is so much more. Yeah. Well, I, but I think the thing is that it's, I think everyone like maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just like exposing myself here. I think everyone kind of thinks this way, like you're saying about like people you like or people you're interested in. And I appreciate there's no filter to it it's it's sincere in how i guess just i mean creepiness is maybe what you could call it but i think it's just sincere and these are like thoughts people have and i'm glad that there's a song that is unashamed to say these things and actually talk about how people actually feel about people they're obsessed with and not just the generic like oh this person's really pretty and they seem really nice you know there's a human side to it can I get your read on this line? I gotta live on an island to find the juice. What does that mean? I 
I've always wondered what that line is supposed to refer to. I can't can't wrap my head around that one. Uh, let's see. Um, I feel like it's. I need to be <laughs> secluded to figure out, like to to write good good content. Yeah, that's interesting. I do you think this is weirdly a statement of what the album is like? Because he was secluded when he was writing this. Is this like him saying that like he needs the seclusion to be able to to like be a rock star to like be famous? Well, it might be part of his realization that like is this what I have to do to like get this content out of me? Yeah. And it and how lame it is and like fuck this shit like mm-hmm. and I'm getting all these like Everyone loves me and everyone's screaming for me, but I'm still lonely and it's still horrible. Yeah, I, I that's interesting because I always like, I mean, I didn't really understand what it meant, but I always thought it was more of like a, this is something I have to do. Like, this is something I'm trying to achieve. But I like the interpretation more that this is like, almost like something he's currently trapped in, like living on this island. He's not trying to to move to this island. He is on this island. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I like that. Or that's what I think. Like yeah. this whole song and this whole album is like the juice. Yeah. And like he found it by being secluded and depressed. And and that's when Pinkerton like basically like I would I would say like not threw up out of him, but you know, it's just like how it came out. Like Yeah, how it formed. I actually I that's a question I was gonna ask you and I I don't know if this is like jumping ahead too much, but the sequencing of this album, right, is that the first four songs are were written before Pinkerton was Pinkerton. They were written for songs from the Black Hole. And then the album in general is written or is sequenced in chronological order, except for this song. And I think El Scorcho is moved over. Why do you think that is? This is the first like official on the sequencing of the track list across the sea is the first like official Pinkerton song in a way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Like the other ones were songs, but not necessarily meant for this album. And this is like the definitive statement of Pinkerton in a way. I wonder, well, I mean, tired of sex that had to, I, I guess that when they had, when the idea was changed and they were like, okay, we're going to run with this now is that he must've known that those other ones would fit here too. Yeah. And they could take out whatever weird organ (laughs) or Moog was on whatever, you know, those songs and change it to guitar and it would fit better or whatever i honestly think it's weird that these songs were not originally for pinkerton the first four songs were not for pinkerton or for a rock opera instead because they sound so much more of this world than a world i've imagined a sci-fi soap opera to be to be about but i don't know yeah i think people love to talk about songs from black hole and think about it and it's fun but I've listened 
or tried to listen to a lot of it on, um, what is it, YouTube? Mm-hmm. And it's just like I'm glad that we got Pinkerton instead. Yeah, absolutely. But, I, I I think that I think that Songs from Black Hole probably wouldn't have gotten a stronger reception than Pinkerton. I feel like unless they were making Blue Album Part Two, they were not going to get the the reception they were hoping for and i can't imagine how how weezer history would be changed if it was songs from black hole that had to take that fall as opposed to pinkerton um i just think in general like i i think the reason why people were so obsessed with some kind of version of songs from the black hole or some definitive version is just that idea of you know not being able to get oh the what if you know the the there's this whole different album. What if that was the album that came out instead? It's probably so much better or so much different. Um, I guess to make the a Kanye West comparison, which is very on brand, uh, there is a Kanye album that came out uh, last month or two months ago called Jesus is King. But there was a different album he was working on for the entire year beforehand called Yandi, which never came out. Uh, and in ways transformed into Jesus is King, but they were, uh, but a lot of the tracks and a lot of the sequencing was scrapped from it. And it's like a very common sentiment in the Kanye fan community to, to say Yandi was the greatest. That would have been the best album of all time. It would have been his next like magnum opus, you know? And you just have to wonder, like, if it got scrapped, it probably got scrapped for a good reason. Something about it wasn't working. Right. It's probably going to, there's going to be Yandi B-sides galore coming yeah. <laughs> up here. In the Kanye retrospective, in the, the Jesus is King deluxe edition, I'm sure there will exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah. And the good ones from that will show up and the, the ones that for sure should have been scrapped, you'll never hear. And yeah. it's better this way. Yeah, for sure. I just, I think that in my mind, I confuse Butterfly with Across the Sea and listening to it like a million times today, I was like, this is so totally different than, than butterfly in every single way. So how do you think like, uh, on the album, you know, where it's located, do you, I think it's in the perfect spot because it's kind of like the bridge Mm -hmm. to the rest of the album before we get the butterfly is the as the closer yeah. i think it's a great a great song to have right in the middle mm-hmm. how do you feel about that I, mean, I think it's the a great choice i because i was reading about that that the album is sequenced uh by the by the time they were written except for across the sea and again i forget what the other song is and i was wondering what if across the sea was actually placed where was written in the sequencing of the track list. What happens if it was all completely writ- or track listed by chronological order? And it just, it does not make sense. This is like the, I, this is, yeah, like you said, this is the bridge. This is the big moment. This is kind of the, the guitar solo is kind of the like, that was Pinkerton side A and now this is Pinkerton side B. It's kind of that, that transition point. It's the, I think it's the first song in the album that's kind of like introspective. I think the songs before it are a lot more about just like River's immediate feelings about things like 
this girl, yeah, yeah this girl <laughs> did this, or like, I, I, I don't like this about you, or this is what I like about you. And then that, the bridge on this song, the part where he reflects on how it's all his mom's fault, or he's living on an island to find a juice, is kind of that first moment of, what have I done to put myself in this position? And what does that say about me as a person? So I think it really is the, like, I get why he moved it to where he moved it. Where would it have gone? Would it have been last? Uh, I think, okay. So Pinkerton track listing. Across the Sea is, as you said, song 214. Good Life is song 215. El Scorcho is 213. Interesting. Pink Triangle is 212. Interesting. Falling for you is two sixteen. So it would have been no other one. Why bother? Pink Triangle, El Scorcho, Across the Sea, then the Good Life, Falling for You, Butterfly. Which mm. two? Yeah, I, that does not sound as nearly as. Yeah, they needed Across the Sea to break up, like tired of sex and why bother from. Yeah. <laughs> El Scorcho, probably, in The Good Life. Yeah. Yeah. Because those are kind of similar, like more upbeat, more aggressive. I don't know. I feel like in this, uh, in, in Across the Sea, he's got heart. Mm-hmm. Not that he doesn't in those other ones, because he does. It's just, I don't know. It's just different. For sure. I mean, it's also, uh, it's the first song the album that has piano in it, right, too? It's the, uh, mm-hmm. I think so. I, I think if nothing else, then it could be yes. Yeah. I think if nothing else, then the piano kind of is the the symbol. That little gentle piano is kind of symbol of the the more introspective, more sincere rivers coming out. And I just feel like if that was put all the way towards the backside of the album, I just don't know if the storyline, if you will, of the album would be nearly as cohesive. Well, and it's like, how do you even write that? You know, like he's totally telling us his story and, and everything. And it sounds like poetry and lovely mm-hmm. the way, you know, it's like, how do you do that? How do you sing <laughs> sentences and have it sound good Yeah, and make me feel a certain way about it? And it's just, I don't know. Well, I think that was like kind of goes into what I was saying earlier about like I think Rivers is underrated as a vocalist and just the sense that these are such uncommon lines to sing, such uncommon thoughts to be singing in the context of music. But just the way he sings it, it just sounds so like poetic and so I guess just like pure and raw. You know, I just I think I really just admire Rivers' ability to transform these statements into poetry feelings yeah Yeah. or like you feel his words yeah more than just like reading it in a book exactly yeah what are your final thoughts on it if you have any more (laughs) uh usually by now it's like we got them all out i i think this is obviously one of weezer's best songs um i think it's a statement on the album that i don't even know i think for most artists this would by far be their obviously their best song by a mile but for pinkerton it's like yeah this is definitely top three which is i don't know crazy to me to think i, I love this song i love every, the sequencing of it i love the the relatively complex guitar solo i 
Do you agree that it's one of the most emotionally charged songs that they've ever had? Yeah. And I think just talking to you about it now makes me realize even more how true that is. Because it really is like the the first song on Pinkerton, which is an album that's famous for being so emotionally charged. It's really the first song that I think brings those emotions to the forefront and really it's like almost like a therapy session for Rivers just really kind of analyzes why he feels the way he does. Yeah. I definitely wanted to like sing along with it too. Yeah. Like get it all out. Cause it just like feels something feels good about letting it out yeah. during the song. I don't know. For sure. It's yeah, it's there's something primal about it. It's it's great. I do they still play this live? Have they played this recently live? I want to say no. It's mm, a bummer. Oh, didn't they play it at, uh, they played it for the NPR Tiny Desk uh, concert. If you've seen that did one. They? they? think they did. Did they do Across the Sea? I think they did. Uh, they It was like in between just a bunch of uh, Black Album songs. For whatever reason, they pulled out uh, Across the Sea. Was it Across the Sea or Butterfly? I think it was Across the Sea, which makes it even stranger. I, mean, I think I remember saying something about because I remember freaking out about something too. And I probably even mentioned it and I always forget everything that I do and say. <laughs> Let me I'll I'll look up the list. Set list, long time sunshine, living in LA, across the sea, and high as a kite, which is a oh, very wow, I'm gonna have to watch it again now. What an eclectic <laughs> Eclectic because Stellas. long time sunshine was amazing yeah that's what i may think i commented on mm-hmm. was that it was amazing to see them do long time sunshine that's so weird that is a weird set list and cool at the same time for sure i just like of all the songs i would pick from weezer to play at npr's tiny desk with just like an acoustic set i don't know if across the sea is the one that comes to mind which is probably why Weezer is Weezer, and they just do things you can't predict. Explain, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they do what they want. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's the, the conclusion I've come from this, is that Weezer just does what we- Weezer wants, and you're either along for the ride or you're not. Yeah, or you're angry or grumpy or weird <laughs> on a site somewhere that no one cares about, and yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just... It's so weird to me that they played this for the NPR Tiny Desk. Just I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to make of that. I, I there's sometimes I feel like there's this narrative that Weezer just has like disowned Pinkerton. So it's always really uh, interesting when the songs from it come up in come up in set lists or they play deep cuts from it. Yeah, I don't know that I like remembered that happening on on the Tiny Desk and. I don't think they made a big deal about it either. So I don't think like everybody knew about that. Yeah. I I mean, I think among Weezer fans across the sea is like, you know, one of the, a fan favorite, if not the fan favorite. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if it ever like reached the general population in the way your, your Buddy Hollies or your Beverly Hills have, you know, so... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think everybody between the ages of 14 to 24 should probably listen to Pinkerton mm-hmm. after Blue and <laughs> sorry. And fall in love. Yeah. Like because there's a lot. Well, are you ready to rate it? Yeah. Okay. So, I gave across the sea 
Laser Eyes Rivers, Lightning Strap, Sky on the Vest, Pat Jamie on the drums, obviously, and a Blazer Brian for a total of 12 points. Very nice. I gave Across the Sea a Laser Eyes Rivers, a Lightning Strap, Scott in a Vest, Pat Jammin on the Drums, Blue Album Rivers Head, and a Blazer Brian for a total of 13, which means that We Are Weezer gives Across the Sea a 12.5. Nice. Which is 0.5 less than the best score a song can get. Is there anything else you want to share with everyone before we take a break and, and get going? Uh, no, I think uh, I've said all I could possibly say about Across the Sea. This lovely song. All right. Great, great song. We will be right back. I've got your letter. You've got my song. So refined, so I sniff and I let your envelope and fall to little pieces every time. I wonder what clothes you wear to school. I wonder how you decorate your room. I wonder how you touch yourself and curse myself on being across the sea. All right, everyone, what is next? Perfect Situations 25. What's it going to be about? I don't know. TBD. Be sure to listen to the end of this episode for a very special mashup that Alex has done for us. Alex, please tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Sure thing. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Hodomagic, which is H-O-D-O-M-A-G-I-C. You can find me on SoundCloud at Chucky Nugget which is C-H-U-C-K-I-E-N-U-G-G-E-T. And then if you want to go on YouTube, you can look up my new mashup album, Chronic Adventure, which is a mashup of Dr. Dre and Sonic the Hedgehog. It's very dumb. It's very weird, but I don't know. You might, you no might, judging. <laughs> you might, you might resonate with it. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You can also, uh, if you want to check out more artwork I do, you can go on my website, alexforthewank.com. And that's A-L-E-X-H-O-D-O-W-A-N-E-C. I post there occasionally, uh, just new portfolio stuff. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And if you would like Alex to do your album cover, hit him up. <laughs> or if you need a graphic designer, <laughs> hit him up. He's very talented and, and open for, what do you guys call it? Commissions. Commissions, yes, that's, that was a good art term. The term, yeah. <laughs> I, I know what I'm talking very about. Very professional. I am profesh. Um, you can find We Are Weezer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at We Are Weezer or our website at weareweezer.com. Please listen and subscribe to our podcast. You can listen on Apple, on Spotify, which is my personal favorite, Stitcher, wherever else. Uh, leave a nice review or don't. If you don't like it, don't leave a bad review, please, because that's not very nice. Just... Just don't say anything, like your parents always say. Thank you to Brian for the sound. You're awesome, and you're my favorite. You're amazing, and everyone loves you. And I always think about, like, whenever I talk to an interesting guest, I'm like, oh, Brian's going to like this guy. So I'm always trying to make Brian best friends with everyone I 
I interview. Definitely should link me up with Brian. I'd, I'd love to talk to him about whatever. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, and he's also very like he's a seasoned professional, so he's got good advice for oh, awesome. the up and coming sound person or uh, independent artist. So, awesome. yeah. Alex, thank you so much for your time. And I mean, I feel like you're very easy to work with and oh, thank you. fun to talk to. Thank you. And we'll have to do our Rachel and Alex talk about Breaking Bad <laughs> podcast I would love coming up this summer. Rachel, you don't understand how much I would love to have a Breaking Bad podcast with you. I Well, I can help you with that. Let's Just, get it going. Let's make yeah. it happen. I would love it. I'm down. I, and thank you again, Rachel, so much for having me on the show. I, all the same to you. Uh, I was great talking to you about Weezer and all the other random things we ended up talking about. <laughs> it's fun. You'll have to come back on. For sure. For sure. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And adios. It's all your fault.
Merry Christmas. We are Weezer. Merry Christmas to all.